Hallelujah. Is anybody ready for the word tonight? Glory to God. I am so excited and honored to stand before you as always. It's it's a privilege and honor. I give honor to our, our men and women of God, Apostles Reggie and London Royal. Amen. Come on, give God praise for them. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord has a word for us tonight. Glory to God. And I want you to go with me to the book of Luke chapter two, Luke two. Glory to God. I just believe that as we embark upon this season, a man of lifeline next, if you will, um, God's got some things that he wants us to get and understand in, in, in the realm of revelation around discipleship. Amen. And, and so I want to teach a little bit in that space tonight to prepare us for what's next. Um, hallelujah. Pastor Keisha and I are so excited that we are one week away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> From L.C. West, and, and as I reflect and, and kind of wrap my mind around that whole thing, I realize that this discipleship piece is going to be key. Amen. And so I want to teach there. So um, Luke chapter 10, beginning at uh, verse 1. Luke 10, verse 1. Hallelujah. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. In verse 2, it says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Somebody say laborers into his harvest. If you are a born again believer, you have been called to this space of being a laborer in his harvest. Amen. And I want to prove this to you as we kind of go through scripture on tonight. And I pray for great revelation to come upon us around this space of uh, discipleship. And, and I think a lot of times we think about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, which we'll read at some point on tonight, and we think about that and we think, you know, evangelism. Uh, but what I realize is that really discipleship, true discipleship is twofold. The first piece is evangelism. We get instructions to go and make disciples, if you will. And so in order for someone to become a disciple, they have to be made a disciple or taught Um, the word of God. Romans tells us, how can one hear without a preacher? And so if you have received the message of Jesus Christ into your life, then we have this commission, if you will, to be able to share um, the gospel so that others can catch on and receive the same gift that has benefited and blessed your life. Amen, somebody. Um, But then the other piece of discipleship is growing up. Oh, let me help you tonight. See, it's one thing to get saved. Getting saved, it's one thing to get saved. But then it's another thing to grow into all that comes with being saved. It's another thing to grow into all that comes with being called a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me, let, let me help you in the real time. It's one thing to get a job. 
right? You go and you get your new job. Let me see a show of hands. Anybody received a new job or went to a new company within the last year? Show of hands real quick. Okay, boom, boom. Okay, we got a couple of people. We went to a new company, new company, new job. What happened when you went to that new job? Orientation. Girl, this, you, I'm going to pay you after service. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So she went to orientation on your new job. What's the name of the company, by the way? Covenant. So she went to Covenant's orientation. So it's one thing to get the job, but then it's another thing to go through orientation. Because what orientation is designed to do is to teach you the ways, the practices, the principles, the way that the company flows. Are you hearing me? So Covenant wants her to understand this is what we stand for at Covenant. This is how we do things at Covenant. But she's not going to just get that automatically by just getting the job. She might even get her paycheck. But believe me that as time passes, my dear sister ought to be able to go back and track and see her progress from day one to a certain point. She ought to be able to go back and look and see the change. The company's going to come back and they're going to have what's called a performance evaluation. I remember when I worked in corporate at Nationwide, we would have this one section of our performance evaluation about living the values. So they would have a checkpoint to come back and see if I was living the values of that organization. So they they wanted me to go through a process. And I want you to understand, and the same thing with discipleship, it was a continuous process. Oh, I'm teaching already tonight. And so tonight I want to talk about the process and the power and purpose of discipleship. The process, the power, and the purpose. There is a process to this thing called discipleship. There's a process to this thing called growing up in Christ and being everything that he has ordained and set for you to be. It's not going to just happen automatically. Again, it's just one thing to get saved. Ephesians 1.13 says, after that you heard the word of truth and you believe the gospel unto your salvation. It says, after that, then you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit of promise is the Holy Spirit of potential. But yet we know as as we study as believers and we go into Acts and understand that that's just the starting point. Once you get saved, you get this deposit of this thing called Holy Spirit. Amen. But then you got to get the filling of the Holy Spirit where there's an increase. There is an expansion of Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But that does not come without process, my friends. Glory to God. Let's go. uh, Let's look at Acts real quick. Acts chapter Um, one hallelujah can I just flow tonight hallelujah okay we'll do that Holy Ghost so Acts chapter 1 it says the former treaties have I made the um, O Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen let me help you he chose the apostles that's going to be real key a little bit later tonight To whom he also, verse 3, showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together, they commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, ye have heard of me. They received some instructions from Jesus. For John truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will together, um, uh, they, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? 
And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power. But listen to me here, rest it assured, but you're going to receive power after that uh, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to have the power to witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So he's talking about a process and that process has a purpose. So there's a process that you got to go through so that you can fulfill the purpose. Oh, come on. Somebody help me teach this thing and say to your neighbor, neighbor. If there is no process, there can be no purpose fulfilled. If there is no process, there can be no purpose fulfilled. Because if there is no process, come on, keep talking to your neighbor. You helping me teach this thing. Tonight. There is no power received. And if there is no power, there's no work of purpose. Now, high five your neighbor and tell him you're teaching real good tonight. Hallelujah. So process, power, purpose. But what does this have to do With this thing called discipleship. You see, I believe that we've misunderstood discipleship in the body. And that's why Jesus says, hey, the laborers are few, but the harvest is great. There's plenty of harvest. But I believe in number, there are plenty of laborers in number, but not necessarily in understanding. Are you hearing me, people of God? Glory to God. Revelation is coming tonight. Hallelujah. Turn to Genesis chapter eight. We're going to fix this thing tonight. Turn to Genesis chapter eight. Glory to God. This thing is good already. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter eight. I want to talk about the nature of God as it pertains to discipleship. So Genesis chapter eight, beginning at verse 22, it says, while the earth remaineth, Seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. And I like the way they put it in the New Living Translation. It says as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time and harvest. Somebody say seed. Seed. Somebody say time. Time. And somebody say harvest. This is the very nature of how God does everything. God is a reproducer of great fruit. Anything that God touches has the ability to reproduce itself. Are you hearing me? So there's always going to be seed, time, and harvest. And what I want us to get out of this tonight is that discipleship is God's set system. It's his custom built system for reproducing disciples who can ultimately take God's word, enjoy life, be fruitful and multiply everything he does. Seed, time, harvest. Oh, let me prove it to you. Go to Genesis chapter one. Tell your neighbor it's on page one. Come on, somebody. Genesis chapter one on page one. Glory to God. So Genesis chapter one. Think about it. Think about seed, time, harvest. When God created us. Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says, and God said, 
Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle of all the earth, over every creeping thing. So the first thing that was done right here, even in the creation of man, there was a release of seed. How many of y'all remember that scripture that the seed is the word? So when God released his word about man, he released a seed. Okay, keep going. Time passes. And then verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. And in his image, God created he, him, male and female. So there's some time that's taking place. And then the third thing, it says, God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. So now God is blessing his harvest, which was us. Somebody say, I am the harvest of God. So now God blesses his harvest and says, hey, harvest, be fruitful and multiply. Ultimately, what God is saying is, hey, harvest, go get more harvest. I've given you everything that you need so that you can even go get more harvest and bring it back unto me. This is the nature of how everything that God does, seed, time and harvest. I don't care what it is that you want. Seed. Time, harvest. See, we use that scripture to talk about money, but this is everything. This is discipleship. This is healing. This is, you want to have a baby? Seed, time, harvest. Oh, come on. Seed, nine months, harvest. Seed, nine months, harvest. You got to deposit a seed, and it's got to be a seed of substance. Oh, I just said something. It's got to be some substance to the seed. Substance to the seed. Time happens. And then harvest. If you want to get a job, there's got to be some seed. Interviews, research, time spent, then a harvest. See, enough of this microwave society. We want to see stuff happen right away. And if it doesn't, we want to back up off of it. But the seed is the word. If we can release the word first and then put our corresponding actions and allow time to breathe on the seed of the word, then we'll see a harvest in every area of our lives. And it's no different with discipleship. Oh, come on. Let me teach here about discipleship, about um, discipling. Glory to God. So, 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 so check this out. The word disciple um, is translated in the New Testament from the Greek word uh, Matthias. Uh, Matthias. And Matthias simply means a learner or a pupil. A learner or a pupil. So catch this. A pupil is a person um, um, who is learning under, underline, under the close supervision of a teacher. Therefore, a disciple is simply a student. So if you're in somebody's classroom, you are a disciple. If you're receiving the support of a mentor, oh, guess what? You are a disciple. If you're learning a trade or developing your craft, Um, and there is a teacher involved, you are a disciple of that teacher. If you're receiving any type of training and development, disciple. And if you have submitted to the process of discipleship from a teacher in any arena, catch this, catch this, you ought to be able to chart your growth over any period of time in which you have submitted. Oh, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Turn, Turn to Matthew. Come on, I got Bible for you. Turn to Matthew chapter Four. Glory to God. This is good. Hallelujah. So Matthew uh, uh, chapter four. And. Uh, glory to God. We're going to start at verse 18. So this is right after Jesus began um, 
his public ministry and he began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then in, and then in chapter 18, Jesus calls his first disciples. And in verse 18, it says, and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, catch this, Simon called Peter. Peter was first. And Andrew, his brother, casting the net into the sea for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from hence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zabedee and John, his brother in a ship and Zabedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Here's what I want you to get out of this. So if we go from Matthew chapter four and just kind of begin to flip through the Bible, they started a process of discipleship. They started a process when they said they'll follow him. They said they'll become learners of him. They'll become his disciples. And so they committed, they positioned themselves to be able to receive and learn from Jesus. So just like she positioned herself to go to the company's orientation, they positioned themselves to learn how Jesus operated. So if you just keep flipping, so then, 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 then Jesus talks about the Beatitudes and, and he preaches a sermon on the mount. He, he teaches them on, on, on the higher way of righteousness. He teaches them on anger and reconciliation. He teaches them on adultery and divorce. So they get to understand how their teacher feels about certain things, how he flows in certain things. And they keep on going. They got to see Jesus heal people. They saw the lepers healed. They saw him do miracles. They saw all kinds of things jumping off, miracles, signs and wonders jumping off. And they were watching how their teacher was operating. Now, catch this, catch this. So, so, so Peter, uh, Matthew 4, 13, Peter's chosen. He's one of the first ones. Fast forward to Matthew 13. Come on, can I walk through this thing tonight? All right, so let's go to Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, I'm sorry, Matthew 16 is what I'm looking for. Let's walk through this thing. So Matthew 16, beginning at verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and by the way, at that time, he picked up all 12 disciples at that point. And now he's coming to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples, who the man say, I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am, disciples? Who do y'all say I am? And Simon Peter, the first disciple, here is this place of charting the growth. He followed Jesus from the beginning. Didn't really know nothing. There were some encounters along the way. He had to receive some correction along the way. Y'all know Peter. Peter was, you know, buck wild. Peter was just Peter. But anyway, so right here, he charting his growth. He says, he says, um, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood. So Peter answers and says, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. So somewhere between the point when Jesus got Peter out the boat, Peter got revelation of who Jesus was during his journey of discipleship. Are you hearing me, people of God? So somewhere along that journey, he got a better understanding of who it was that his his teacher was. Another thing that I want us to understand about discipleship is that those that you disciple and those that are going to disciple you, it's a discovery. Every time we look at, at Jesus, he chooses his disciples. He discovers them. So we got to get that notion of, of these unchecked um, expectations and things like that, unjustified expectations, because you're, you're the, the, the people that God will have you to disciple, you discover them. And then as you walk this journey out, they discover you. Isn't that, oh, that thing blessed my soul. Peter discovered Jesus along the way. And so Jesus was like, look, man, dude, 
Flesh and blood have not revealed that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Are you hearing me, people of God? And as we walk this journey out of discipleship, there'll be, there ought to be revelation after revelation after revelation jumping off in our lives that we get to a place where the gates of hell does not prevail against us because we get more revelation in those areas of our lives. But you've got to put yourself in a position, glory to God, to submit to the teacher and the ones that the teacher will send. Glory to God. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's go to Luke. Let's go back to Luke. Luke 9. Hallelujah. Discipleship is, is not, it's in part it's about us discipling others. But it's also about us staying on a journey of being discipled. I can chart my growth from when I came to Lifeline Church seven years ago. Over this period of seven years, I submitted to my teacher. Are you hearing me? I can chart my life from a year and a half ago or so on my job. Because over that year and a half, I submitted to a God-given mentor that I discovered on the job that was sent to help me get from one place to the next. We got to discover our mentors. We got to discover those that are supposed to disciple us. And true discipleship is about walking out the journey. Glory to God. Okay, okay. So, so, so Luke, Luke, Luke chapter 9 is, is, is another teaching about discipleship. Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 57. And it says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, verse 58, foxes have holes and birds um, um, of the air have their nest. But the son of man have not where to lay his head, nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first. I just want to go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. In other words, the spiritually dead buried the spiritually dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. In other words, your job is to go preach. He says, look, your job is not to focus on death. See, he was teaching even right there, but it's to focus on life. Oh, I just said something. Okay, keep going. Verse 60, Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead and go thy way and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Jesus told him, he says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus wasn't just trying to be bogus in this description. Let me help you. But what he wanted his disciples to understand is that if you enter any type of a journey with a teacher. Oh, I'm going to help somebody here tonight. That there is commitment. That there is a cost. If you endeavor to submit to the teaching of any type of a teacher, somebody that's sent by God to get you from one place to the next, rest assured and understand, believers, that there's a cost to that. There's journey and investment to that. I spend time with my mentor for work every week. There's journey and investment. I have to get up early in the morning to meet with them at times. There's journey investment. Over the past seven years, I submit to the authority and leadership of Pastor Reggie. There's journey and investment. There's journey and investment on behalf of the teacher as well as the student. And you've got to be willing to submit yourself. That's one of the challenges that I believe we have in the body of Christ is that we don't want to submit to anything. 
We don't want to submit to those that can tell us. We don't want to uh, 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 subject ourselves to somebody that can straighten us out and tell us to do it this way instead of that way. And that is the power of true discipleship, because, again, the goal of true discipleship is to reproduce. Any good mentor or teacher is going to put their pupil in a place to produce on their own. Are you hearing me, people of God? And when we can submit to that, when we can understand that, then we're in position to do that ourselves. Okay, okay. So, so even, even, okay, now we can go to Matthew uh, 28. Glory to God. I set this thing up. Matthew 28. Glory to God. Oh, this is good to me. All right, Matthew chapter 28, um, beginning at verse 16. This is what they call the Great Commission. So very familiar passage of scripture, but I want you to look at it with fresh eyes today, amen? So verse 16 says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. He had appointed them to go. He told them. Read earlier, he told Mary and them, look, I'm going to be down there. Tell my guys to meet me there. And so they had to go. Journey and investment. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This was the first time that they saw Jesus after he had been risen and came back out of the grave and all of that. So they was like, whoa, they were tripping. They still they were still learning. They were still discovering their teacher. They were still discovering that he was everything that he said he was. And then some. And so Jesus came and spoke and said to them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Other translations said, go ye therefore and make disciples. What I find so interesting about this particular passage of scripture is that they're in a place now where they are both the disciples, those that are being discipled. But now Jesus is pushing them into the place where they are to go and disciple others. Are you hearing me? He's commissioning them to say, go and make more um, seed, time. Harvest. We got to understand that we have to release a seed of substance. If you want to get a degree or education, you've got to release a seed of your mind, a seed of your thinking, a seed. And you got to put some time on that thing. Are you hearing me? If you want to make more money, you got to release a seed of labor, a seed of labor. I don't, I don't care if somebody gave you the money to invest. It's a seed of somebody's labor. Oh, I just said something. Yeah, some of us may have some parents or something that give you something to invest, but it's a seed of labor that's going to make more money. And then time passes, and then there's a harvest. That's the way that God flows. And the better we can understand that, even as it pertains to this space called discipleship, the better we will be positioned to fulfill God's mandate in the earth for the kingdom of heaven. The better we will be positioned to make More believers and our job as the mentors, as the salt and light is to position those believers to be able to flow and operate on their own. It's just like when you're getting mentored through a situation at work, you're like, oh, how do I deal with this? Well, this is what I did. I counted the situation. There's journey. There's investment. There's seed. There's time. There's harvest. Because now the harvest is I can look at some situations that I may have encountered a year ago that I didn't know how to do. I can look at some situations in the church that I may have encountered seven years ago that I didn't quite know how to do. But, oh, baby, you better believe today I can chart my growth and understand how to deal with the situation, how to deal with the X, Y, and the Z. Because I've submitted to the process. Of discipleship. Are you hearing me? And that's what I want us to get tonight. For our lives. As well as. The mandate. Of increasing. The kingdom of heaven. And the work. That we're embarking upon. In the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
So, what must we do? Hmm. Glory to God. There are a few things that we have to do. The first thing we must always understand is that Christian discipleship, as I mentioned earlier, is God's custom-built system for using seed to reproduce disciples. It's his way of duplicating, developing, and then deploying people to enjoy life and fulfill their God-given purpose. That's the seed of it. The time of it is true discipleship requires that time spent through journey and investment. And so as believers, we must embrace and invest in the process of seed, time, and harvest. I challenge you today to begin to pray and seek out, discover, if you will, those that God would have you to disciple in this season. And I also challenge you to get to a place where you will truly Look at the areas of your life that you want to grow up in and pray. See, that's what Jesus was talking. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When he was saying that uh, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray for more laborers, even individually. If we would dare to look at our own lives and ask ourselves, what areas do I want to grow up? What areas do I need to get better in? And then endeavor to pray to discover who will disciple me in those areas. And then you got to submit to the process. So we must intentionally commit to always submit to the process of both being discipled and discipling others. So understand and receive God's system for Christian discipleship and development. Embrace and invest in the process of seed, time, and harvest. And then intentionally commit to always. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. It's a humbling process to say I need help. It's a humbling process to acknowledge, glory to God, to acknowledge those that God has sent. Hallelujah. There was one more thing I'm thinking of a story in the Bible where Jesus takes the disciples are tripping, they're asking, you know, who's the greatest? Jesus takes a little child and sits him next to him and says, whoever will receive this child receives me. And whoever will receive me receives my father. Those people that God put in that seat for your life to disciple you, to teach you doctrine, your pastors, your leaders, your mentors, I'm talking about the God-given, the God-breathed situations. If you receive them, you receive Christ. Clap your hands and give God praise for the word. (laughs) Hallelujah.